number 172. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Dawson Tire and Wheel, your premier ag tire and wheel provider in North America, helping people grow. And it is a treat for everybody out there in podcast land. We have Aaron Finnell back on the podcast. How you doing, bud? <laughs> Trick or treat. <laughs> right on, man. What you been up to? Good. Uh, moving, moving some iron. Ha, 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 ha. That's Hashtag. funny. That's funny. And, uh, that's 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 life going to kids games yeah hot and heavy in the sheeping time of year just uh just another another day in the life in the life yeah it's uh sounds like an exciting one i got minus the sheep i'm doing about the same thing i've got uh basketball games and every one of my kids decide to play the exact same sport the exact same time which then tells me that i've got to be in about three different places at the same time so Works out well, right? Things, things are things are going well. You have to, I guess you just have to pick which kids you like the best to go watch. I guess I don't know how that, I don't know how else to do it. So, yeah, but the good thing is, as we get into, because for the for those on podcast land, we both have seventh grade boys, and they end up playing each other in what two or three tournaments yeah. every year. I think Monday we got a and, we got a face off, if I remember right. Yes, that is correct. Yep. Head that head. is correct. Last regular season game. Yep, and then we go into the NBA Finals, just like most people in the stands think right. that's what we're playing for. So it makes me <laughs> enjoy that thoroughly. There you go. Sometimes I like going to those basketball games just to watch the stands, just to watch the people in the stands. Not not really even to pay attention to the game that much, but just to watch the people in the stands. I We were at two weeks ago, I think, we had a Saturday game, Saturday morning game. And first off, this is junior high basketball, right? And the referees right. that they have suck on both sides equally, right? But they, right. they, for as many bad calls as you get, you get that many on the other way too, right? So it's it's they equal out at the end of the game, and then just the people losing their mind over some thirteen year old kid or twelve year old kid or or fourteen year old kid playing basketball to me just absolutely just blows my mind. I cannot get my mind wrapped around the fact that it means that much to them that in seventh grade, which I don't even remember a single game I played in seventh grade. I have no right. memory of that. Um, but it just it just baffles me how how wrapped up people get into this into these games. And to me it's it's worth the price of admission just to go watch somebody lose their mind to the point where the referee has to walk over to the stands and basically says, if you guys say one more word, we're going to kick you all out of the game and we're going to put technical fouls on your team. Now, that to me, <laughs> <laughs> that to me does not seem to help. Now, just, just this is me from the past. So I found out at an early age that the more you complain, the more attention you get drawn on yourself and the more apt are you to get penalties thrown on you for holding and all the other non-athletic things I had to do to be successful, right? And they, they right. Had, this whole team, this whole entire town just jeopardized the entire ability for the team to win. 
that to me just uh, I don't see how that's helping anybody, helping your team win. So it was, uh, and actually the, the the calls got more ticky tack as the game went on after that conversation from the refs. So <laughs> it, was, it was, it made me laugh. Oh God! It made me laugh to the point where I'm like, Jackie, we might get in a fight after this is over with. This could be good, you know. And and uh, it was, uh, it was crazy. But every game I've been to so far, there's always the guy in the stands that just is, is having a complete meltdown. So some people, I guess, live their life through a. Well, in this case, an entire town is living their their life through their uh, seventh grade basketball team. So it's completely awesome. On the other hand, I have a, a, as most people know me, I am a large human being and my seventh grade son is like 6'1", 225. So he kind of sticks out a little bit in seventh grade. Yeah. And he, he has his dad's athletic temper switch. So, I don't really yell at the refs, but I notice certain things during the game. We have to have a discussion afterward because to the point now where he might shake his head or shrug his shoulders, you know, yeah. as kind of attitude yeah. And I'm like, now you're getting a raised eyebrow from the refs. So, yeah. you need to you need to stop that. He's like, I, okay, okay. And and he does. He listens yeah. to me and changes his ways. But Yeah, I had that same, <laughs> like, had that same conversation oh my with God. my I'm boy. I'm like, dude, it's seventh grade. Yeah. I had that same conversation with my son. And for whatever reason, he can't understand why he gets called for fouls when he puts his hand on the guy's shoulder and then uses it as a catapult to jump up and swat the ball down. He can't understand why that's a foul. <laughs> and I, I have that conversation with him. I'm like, now, see, he, I, I go, uh, yeah, dude, that's – because he, he he's the guy he's like the the uh the chronic hacker i don't know how else to put it i mean he's the uh right you coming in the middle you're gonna get a axe chopped to the forehead i'm pretty sure and uh he, he can't understand why he's getting all these files and so i video it the other day i was like and i was watching it on the video and i'm like hey man see right there you can't use his shoulder as a catapult to pull yourself up to swat the ball that's that's a foul <laughs> that's what they call that <laughs> So we had a long conversation about that, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, same deal. You gotta you gotta cool the uh, cool the tempers, and uh, when you're out there on the on the field, you gotta detach from what's going on around you. But, Correct. Yeah. All right. So enough enough basketball talk here. Let's talk about some iron for a little bit. What? Uh, so basically, here's where we're at. We had we came across uh, October, November, December. Tons of stuff got moved. Um, January seemed to be somewhat of a of a decent month. We had plenty of activity going on. Sold a few things. Um, didn't necessarily make a ton of money, but we we sold some stuff and and got things moved down the line. Um, kind of, but it feels like that that people are wanting to buy stuff, right? It feels like guys are out kicking tires. There's the need for planners now has been at an all time high. I can't I can't tell you how many planner conversation path guys about trying to locate planners or, or or even just trading guys out of planners. The number of planners that we're going to have coming in this year feels like it's going to be a fairly decent crop of uh, used planners coming in. But all in all, it feels like there's plenty of demand out there. What are you seeing? Yeah, I I would totally agree with that. I was talking with a dealer buddy, emailing back and forth for a while the other day, and he reached out to me about a 24-0 planner, and I – I had to laugh. You have any idea how much time I've spent the last five months going and trying to buy or actually getting bought 24-row planners? 
Yeah. It would make your head spin. And he says, I know. He says, isn't that crazy? You know, we got to talking. What was that? In 14, 15, and we were dumping, yeah, dumping 11, 12s, 13s for pennies on the dollar. And God, how we wish we had every one of them back. Yeah. <laughs> Lot rod included. Just yeah. let them sit. Just let them sit. And, yeah. And bring them back, bring them in the shed and put everything new on them. Who gives a shit? We got 24 of Yeah. All right. As I know back then we dumped a, we had a boatload of them oh, and they were did. set up, you know, yeah. super fancy and all this and pennies on the dollar. And Oh my God. The good thing is there's starting to be a lot of talk, not just about 24 rows. You know, I've yeah. talked to a lot of guys lately on 16s and 12s and yep. sold a few, sold a few, you know, handful of DBs here and there. D, DBs are super hot, too, in lots yep. of configurations. Yep. Sold a lot of them. You know, the other thing I would say that's pretty hot right now, late model, low-hour tractors. Yep. You know, we got a bunch of them we're moving. Um, outside of that, that's kind of where it stops. Yep. Yeah, no, I... I... Uh, this planter thing, you know, I, I was talking with some guys the other day about this this very thing, and the planter thing, I believe that we've hit that. I think we've hit a point in time where I, I see somewhat of a trend starting to develop, and it could just be me seeing reading into the tea leaves more than I need to be reading into them. But as I sit back and look at these planters, and I look at you know, twenty fifteen in in the planter world is a especially on the John Deere side of the planter world is a, to me is a big year. Right. And the reason I say that is that's the first year for the exact emerge planner. Right. So now if you right. start doing the math on that, you, you know, if you bought a brand new 2015 planner, that would have been 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Right. So you've got five years, five seasons that you would have used that planner. Now in, in the equipment world, five years is, is a pretty big swing in the overall, um, gap in, in machinery i mean technology wise and everything that kind of plays into that the value that you start seeing different things come at what i've noticed in planners the difference between like a 2014 8r versus a 2016 8r there's not much difference there right i mean it's it's a you know an 8370r <coughs> 8345r 8335r all those different machines those different those two year difference isn't a big deal, right? I and mean, it's not like it's a right. an overwhelming, just mass change in events. That time between fourteen and fifteen is a big deal. So now, what I'm starting to see, and you tell me what you think about this, what I see happening now is that anything that's prior 2014, guys are looking at those planners and saying, "All right, so what can I buy this for, and how much is it going to cost for me to go from your standard, you know, typical." four to six mile an hour planning scenario, right, to, okay, I want to either add precision to it or I want to go do a do an upgrade uh, retro kit with a John Deere or something like that. How much is it going to cost me to do that with my initial investment in this planner? I really feel like that's playing a big role in what in the how we're starting to see these pre-exact emerge planners start to f- fit into the market. What's your What's your thoughts on that? Yes and no. Um, I, at least in my dealings, mm-hmm. okay, and 
my world is different than, you know, I don't do the local thing. And I think that upgrade thing is probably more local presence than, hey, what do you got? This is what I need. Yes or no on, you know, mm-hmm. done on to the next. I don't see a lot of that in my particular world. I do know, you know, there's, there's talk of it and this kind of thing. Um, I know John Deere is, is, uh, very good about, you know, they have pre-selected packages where, okay, you have this planner, here's your kit. You have this planner, here's your kit. You don't have to piecemeal it out and all that kind of stuff. They make it very, very simple. It is not free by any stretch of the imagination (laughs) to do that. And I think it's expensive. Right. Right. And it's not, it's not blow your mind expensive, but it does require an investment, right? you know? So I think you have some guys that are like, well, I do this kit. Basically this planner is brand new. Right. Okay. And I do it for this versus a new one costs, you know, this giant number over here. Right. The, the very next guy might say, I would love to do that. But, and I realize I can do that and it's, you know, X dollars cheaper than a new one, but I have it, I run it for five years. How much of that am I going to get back? Is it worth it to me or not? Decides not. And, and, and at that point there, you know, two guys, two different opinions on that. Is it worth it or not? One guy, absolutely worth every penny. The next guy, no. Yeah. So, and, and it's very operation specific. Absolutely. There's guys that honest to God need to move that fast with one or even two planners or more. And then there's guys that, you know, I got my 2012, 24, I got the stuff on it that I need. I can go five and a half all day. I'm pleased as punch done. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that's I think that's true, and I think this again it goes back to the speed thing. We've we've talked about this before that it feels like the speed side of the uh, equation is is not necessarily what's selling that planner. It's the uh, it's the, the difference agronomics that come along with it. You know, emergence and singulation and those different things, independent rows that are independent from everybody else. All, all however many rows you got. The, uh, the independent downforce that you see on all those things so that no matter where you're at or what you're doing, you know, we're right there. Um, that kind of technology, I mean, really, you're t- you can take a 10-year-old planner and make it the exact same thing as a brand new one, right? Same technology right. on it and everything about the same. The crazy thing about that is these older planners could have some more value to them as this comes where we're starting to look at, you know, we've got variable rate seeding right now and those kind of things, and we're actually really close to seeing variable rate, um, not just seeding, but but the actual variety that you're putting in, right? You can run multiple varieties before too long, and that could be a big thing. So I don't think older planters are going to get more expensive. I don't think their value is going to go up any. What I think you're going to see is these older planners are going to have a bigger um, draw to them as the, you know what, fellas, I, I can put, I can make a $100,000 investment in this this 24-row planner over here or $80,000 planner or whatever it is, and I can go and spend another, whatever, 200000 bucks on 
doing whatever I need to do to it to, to bring it up to the latest and greatest technology. And by the end, at the end of the day, you've got $380,000 in this, this used planner, but the brand new one's 600,000 bucks or 500,000 bucks or whatever the number is, you know, and what we see happening there. To me, I think there's going to be, as these planners get more expensive and as the demand for new technologies coming in, this is an easy way comparatively to every other platform that we see out there on the, uh, in the equipment space that you can take something very, very old and make it very, very new and it's not going to be any different than what you're buying off the shelf. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It, it's not going to bump up the value or, or the price, not the value. Right. The value is extremely high. The, it's not going to change the price numbers of that 1770-240 planner. Right. But it's going to make the, the, the demand makes the value out of this world. Yeah. Even though that number is the same, because as you and I are talking about, two different guys still want that planner. Oh, big yeah. time. The guy's going to leave it alone, yep. and the guy's going to convert it. And it just becomes a that, that that market at this very moment today is a, if you want it, you better buy it, because the next time the phone rings, it might be gone. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the craziest thing. So we track that, um, all that information and what that looks like. And if you go through, I'm getting ready to write an article for, excuse me, getting ready to write, a, write an article for my uh, Farm Equipment Magazine, and I'm going to go back and I'm going to do a, a five-year kind of comparison over um, October, November, December, January, February, March of each year back from 20, I don't know, 2017, 20, probably 2015 probably. I have enough data to do that, but showing that in the only thing right now in recent times where there is a decline in the overall supply on the marketplace is planners. Everything else is up one month, down the next, up one month, down the next. Planners have a consistent supply anyway of where they're showing month over month a, a decline in, in overall an overall value. Not value, overall um, supply. Numbers. Yeah, so which that, that tells you that, again, when you go out and you sell off everything that you can sell off um, in just a I mean, the, the number that were out there in, I got it right here in front of me. If you go back to 2014 and you look at um, look at planners, the numbers that were out there in 2014 were staggering. I mean, they were there was a ton of planners out there for what for what they were. In 20 August 1st, 2014, total listings for planners there were 7,642. And they grew and grew and grew and grew up to um, about April of 15 to a high of about 8,000, a little over 8,000 planners. And they just took a the down, the number that got taken off to market from then every month after that has just been absolutely just staggering. I mean, they we're down to now where we've got. Uh, as of this month, our planner numbers out there as a total are um, about 4,700. So we've almost cut the uh, – Almost half. Almost half of what was out there uh, three years ago um, or five years ago. Sorry. Yep. So it tells you that – And I honestly 
I honestly am shocked it is that drastic. I didn't yeah. think it would be near that drastic. Yeah, so that's that's the only number out there where you see a significant decline in, in what what's going on. I mean, the, the overall numbers are they are what they are. I mean, there's no no real difference in in that, and it's been every month just been a steady decline, month over month. Um, there's been a few months there where where we've hit some pretty lower numbers than what we're seeing now. Um, <clears throat> obviously those are some peaks in seasonality you know that uh right that february march time frame and then that that june july time frame and then you see a little you know a peak up there again in uh december january october october december january time frame so there's some there's some peak selling cycles and that's the other thing too about planners is that it was when i first started in this business it seemed like planners were primarily sold January to March, your used planner was. And you didn't really do much more planner work until you got till very, very end of the year, maybe December, if somebody needed to do something for taxes. But the majority of that was done in that, that little time frame. And last two or three years, it really feels like there's been a, uh, a kind of a shift where there's about three peaks in there now than before we didn't see that. So starting to be some changes in, in, in buying habits of planners, I guess, is, is kind of that the way people are looking at planners now compared to what they've looked at them in the past. Right. Yep. Okay. Yep. I agree. And what I've noticed, and we've talked about this on the moving iron podcast, when early order in June starts, the used buyers have jumped on board then too. Right. Yep. To get the, the pick of the litter and get, you know, I want, Oh great! You just traded for that. Let's let's get it wrapped up. Yeah, there's probably as much June July action on used planners as there is February March. Oh yeah, not not quite, but it's getting very close from being from where it was of you know what you just said. You had your year end stuff, and then your late winter, early spring stuff, and that was planner season. Yeah. Now you've got the the uh, New early order season is is becoming a hot time for the used buyer too to get the to get the pick of the litter. So, yeah, a lot of guys realize that they want to, especially when it comes to planners, if they want a good planner, a good used planner, and that's what they're basing their business around is that is that used planner and upgrading what they've got to a, to a good used planner. There, there's not a lot of time to mess around. You've got you got to make that decision. Right. You got to be on the ball and ready to roll. Um, like now, and that's that's uh, some guys. That's a hard thing for them to do, and other guys, it's not that hard of a thing for them to do. So it's it's the. Uh, I think there's a a good opportunity for uh, some really good cheaper technology to come through. Uh, or, or put it that way, that sounds sounds ridiculous what I just said there, but it's a good way to get some of this uh, higher technology that at a cheaper price. You know what I mean? And you can get. The latest, really, the latest and greatest stuff out there for you know fifteen to twenty percent less than than what you were uh, what you're making on the start with. So I think there's some opportunities, guys that have that have uh, not really done much with their planners here in the last five years. Yeah, yep, I agree with that. What do you see? Uh, the other, the other big issue we have out there right now, I think it's something that, that we've addressed on here 
more than once is is those twelves and fifteens, twelve through uh, twelve through fourteen model stuff that we see out there. That man, I don't even know what to do with that stuff until we get some level of clarity on on what we're going to do moving forward and, and how things are going to play out long term. Until those things go away, man, it's going to be. I just feel like there's there's not the opportunity that we've seen with those machines in the past. They're just uh, maybe maybe they're maybe they're going to be involved in the billions of dollars of ag products that China promised to buy. Well, I'd hope. I hope so because that would be. <laughs> they need to go someplace else, the North American marketplace. I can tell you. That. <laughs> we're gonna put we're gonna put all them twelve through fifteen combines in a specific uh, twelve through fourteen. Yeah. In the barges in the bottom and just cover them with grain and be like, here you go, yeah. there's your beans. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it might be it might be our best option. Not right. If, if Here's was, a load of hogs and five combines. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's going to be it, that is such a, a thorn in the side of the of the market right now. That entire situation is just one of those one of those situations that we got to figure out. But I guess long story short, the more you uh, kind of the more you look at stuff and the more you uh, you do. The biggest issue with those machines had everything to do with the fact that they didn't go through the trade cycle, the normal trade cycle that you would have saw. Had And the only problem yep. that we were seeing with those machines is that they're all coming to the market at the same time, right? It's not yep. It's not like they've gone through the trade cycle two or three times and they've shown back up in people's inventories two or three times. They're all showing up at the same time. And that's that's the uh, that's the hard part that, that people can't get their head wrapped around. Yep. Yep. That's very accurate. When we lost the second, third, and sometimes fourth buyer yeah. to new for three about three years there, that that had a dramatic and unspeakable. Let's be very dramatic about it. An unspeakable impact on the trade cycle and machine numbers and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. That was a. I tell you what, that was a that was an odd one. Had we kind of wonder where you'd be at if we hadn't everything hadn't slowed down to a halt for for as long as it did. Um, would have been a would have been. I don't know where. I don't know that we'd be really equipment wise. I don't know that we'd have any different um, amount of equipment and inventories or anything like that. But I think we would have had uh, a difference in the overall. Um, What's the word I'm looking for here? Probably like the overall, um, overarching kind of flow of equipment. You know what I mean? We 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 oh, wouldn't yeah. have like, you know, we wouldn't have the overwhelming majority of our inventory being one one or one two or three years worth of of, of trading. So I don't know. It's it's kind of weird to think about, but it is what it is. I think the the answer to all this stuff is those are the machines that international buyers want. And once you get that figured out and can get a line of that going, it's going to make a big difference. But that all comes down to who's got money and who doesn't, man. Well, and that's the know. problem. You can find all the national buyers you want. Who's got the money? Yeah, that's a, that's that seems to be a tough one for a lot of uh, a lot of international buyers to 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 swallow. It's, yeah. that, it's that part of just coming up with the money. That's the hardest thing. It seems like. But when you do find that guy. Hold on to them tight because they can they can make your world a different place. 
Right. That is for sure. Pre- Pre- President G, if you're listening, please call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, that'd be all right. But now I think there's a. I think the planner marketplace is gonna. We're seeing a. Obviously, the demand is there because you know we're seeing it every day. But more more than anything, it feels like there is a um, strong uh, draw towards that. That adding that technology to him. Another thing too, how many guys have you talked to about buying these these older planners, these like 2010 through 14 model planners, to have just a backup planner? Have you had anybody talk to you about that yet? Yeah, there's a little bit. Not 24-0 guys. That's what a lot of my 12 and 16 guys have been. Yeah. Yeah, I've been. Some guys I've talked to have done that same thing with their. You know, I'm going to buy a a 12 row or a a 16 row i've heard that a few times and they're just gonna it's cheap enough that they can just use it as a backup to go you know clean up a few smaller fields or something where they've got a road a long ways to get to where they're at they can leave that planter up there where they're at or down there in whatever scenario you're in but it that's uh i've heard a lot of that talk where there's some some guys that are looking at doing some stuff like that what i've had a lot of guys doing is guys on the 12s and 16s, they are guys that have 24 rows or DB80s. Yeah. And they're they're wanting and they're they're in a world where there is no such thing as three-point planners, right? right? A lot of it is is because of everybody's most favorite spring ever, 2019. Mm-hmm. And the wetness dragging that 60 foot that 80 foot just doesn't work but there was three days we maybe could have planted if we just had that 12 row on the three point and go that route and that's where a lot of those guys are reaching out to me for that planner for that purpose right yep no yeah just to get something done and not sit there and watch yeah no there's a fair amount of that going on too so i don't know it's you never know. You never know what you got, man. Every year is going to be different. This year will probably be hot and dry, and that'll be the that'll be the new thing. It'll be it'll be so hot that or so dry that we have a an epic drought going across there instead of everything being so wet. So yeah, good times. Can't wait. Like like twenty twelve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. People that didn't even know what silage was were buying blades and choppers. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's one thing about the chopper business, man. Droughts are an amazing tool. They can sell the hell out of choppers. There you go. So, anyway. Yeah. Good deal. All right, man. Well, what else? Is, what's what's going on um, out there? If folks want to get a hold of Aaron Fennel. What's the what's the best way to run that down? Well, I'm on the Twitterverse a lot mm-hmm. at. Aaron Fintel and a lot of guys reach out to me on there. That's a great deal. And you can also call me or text me anytime, 308-760-1193. Right on, man. And I am um, Casey Seymour here. You can find me on the Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram, movingironllc.com, or at movingironllc. You can also check out my website at movingironllc. Um also, a uh, special shout-out to uh, Dawson Tire for sponsoring this podcast. I really appreciate what they're doing here, and uh, it's, uh, it's great working with them again. And uh, got the old Moving Iron Summit coming up here, so if anybody's got any uh, 
interested in going to something like that, man, hit me up at uh, Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. And uh, also, uh, make sure to uh, hit Aaron up because he's got he's got to deal of the day all the time. So I guess with that, you got anything else you want to throw out there, Aaron? Not that I can think of, buddy. All right, bud. Well, I guess I am Casey Seymour with Aaron Fennell. Let's go move some iron, folks. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here.